And so it's just copying, you know, mm -hmm. successful people or people that you see as a success, whatever you define that to be for yourself. What's up, guys? My name is Tiffany, and thank you for joining me for episode 85 of the Work in Progress podcast featuring Iris Peretz. Iris is now a full-time artist and paints murals all over Los Angeles while also doing real estate. From telemarketing to working in advertising to even starting her own clothing line, Iris has really brought her creativity to every pursuit she's done. It's awesome to hear from someone that really understands the value of putting out good energy into the world and really seeing that come back to you. So guys, this episode's a really great one. I had a ton of fun sitting down and talking to Iris, and I think you guys will really enjoy listening to this episode. Make sure to go follow Iris on Instagram. Her handle is at irisperetzart. I'll have it linked in the bio below. Thanks so much for listening, guys. Catch you next time spent on a given platform my i think my one piece of advice especially for young people is just like every day try and figure out how the world works compared to changing the future of somebody and doing it for the greater good that is in my opinion the best idea i've ever come up with hi guys welcome to another episode of the work in progress podcast today i'm with iris peretz and we're going to talk about her journey as an artist and entrepreneur so i'm super excited to have you on the podcast thank you so much for taking the time thank you for taking the time <laughs> so iris i know shoshana which is how we know each other um i work with Iris's daughter. Um, she told me a little bit about your story and kind of um, how you eventually became an artist. But to kind of rewind, um, like where are you from and where did you grow up? Well, that's a, the million dollar question. So I'm from everywhere. I was born in Israel, raised in Canada, then moved to um, the west coast of Canada for work and then Los Angeles. So where am I from? I'm from here, I guess now. It's my favorite place I've ever been. Mm -hmm. well, what was the other part of the question? Oh, like where, <laughs> where did you uh, grow up, I guess, out of all? What it, which one do you call home? Um, here. I call here home. So even though I grew up everywhere, so I relate to like the whole world. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. And growing up, how was it um, in terms of art? Like were you naturally gravitating towards art as a kid or... What kind of things were you into like growing up? I always loved art and creative pursuits since I was little. My mom will even say one of the first drawings I did as like a two-year-old was like drawing a bird on a line. Mm. So creative expression has always been important in everything I did. And uh, yeah, even through high school, like I would do well in class so I could go paint the walls in the hallway at my high school. Mm -hmm. and so I've always done artistic things. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. So um, I guess like in high school, you said you had, you know, class and then you would paint the walls. Was your school pretty accepting of like the arts program? And my school was very academic. Really? <laughs> yeah, I went to a private Jewish high school in Montreal. And it was there wasn't a lot of creative pursuits, but if I was caught up with my classwork, they mm -hmm. would let me do things like, you know, make what, what are those things we used to make that was paper? paper loops that were oh, okay. looped together chains oh that's cool yeah. oh yeah you know yeah, what yeah. i'm talking I about know, i can't yeah. think of a name for it yeah. streamers i guess mm -hmm. that's stuff like that and decorating and painting mm -hmm. and what was it like growing up in montreal like what is the culture like there in terms of the difference between like you know montreal and the u.s montreal is pretty uh european cosmopolitan um there's a lot of 
anxiety, I guess, between the French and English speaking. So that you felt that everywhere that was prevalence. There was like definitely sides more than here, I feel. Mm. Even though they, you know, you think that Canada is more accepting. I felt that Montreal was not very accepting. And they were more, in my opinion, racist there. Mm. So I was like very white, um, a little bit too white for my comfort. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Well, that that's definitely interesting because I mm-hmm. feel like um, there's like a, a subculture within the Canada or Montreal. Because mm-hmm. did you speak French in I your do. school? I do. I speak French. So I'm, oh, okay. I'm really happy that I learned how to speak French. Okay. Very cool. And um, and I guess growing up there, did you feel like there was a lot of like artistic expression in like the overall society, like outside no, of school? Not really. I felt like uh, the arts are really embraced right now because mm-hmm. I think people are becoming more aware of how important art is and Mm-hmm. everyday life and for everyone really mm-hmm. um but i think when i was growing up there people were um in the 70s people were more stressed out trying to make a living and when people are just trying to figure out how to make ends meet mm-hmm. arts kind of fall by the wayside mm-hmm. yeah and that's it's really interesting because most of the i guess guests i've had on this show they very much grew up in like the digital digital age mm-hmm. right like we all grew up with like our phones and stuff and like social media but you grew up i'm guessing no, I didn't. in a different time I, right yeah and i guess uh how, what was the current climate i guess of of society and where you were at like so at i'll that age point myself time? and for sure i grew up <laughs> before the age of computers so okay. i remember i remember working on my first computer mm-hmm. and it was life-changing mm-hmm. so Pretty, I'm, I'm going to guess your age approximately. Pretty much when I was close to your age mm-hmm. and I started working, my first jobs were service jobs. And then my first office job was really the first job where I got to crunch numbers on a computer. And I learned how to use spreadsheets and, you know, my first PC because Macs weren't around then. Mm-hmm. And it was amazing, like life changing. Right. So it's yeah. That's really cool. So, uh, you know, you go through high school and it seems like you already had that artistic expression in mind. Um, what was the like path for it from there? Cause it was like college automatic. Yes. Or did you like pursue something else? So from high school, um, I went, so in Canada or in Montreal, there's a thing mm-hmm. called CJEP, which is mandatory. Mm-hmm. So it's like junior college and it's, you graduate in 11th grade not 12th and then you do two years of junior college and the second year is like your first year of university Mm. so I did that in Montreal and I was like on a path to science and commerce I started with science then I went to commerce I decided that um, originally I was going to go maybe into pre-med and then I decided that the last thing I wanted to do was spend my entire day in a hospital mm-hmm. or indoors. So I really needed mm-hmm. to do something different. So I, then mm-hmm. I went into commerce because business has always interested me. Mm-hmm. And it's so wide, such a wide variety. Art was never something I wanted to pursue for business because I needed money because I grew up without money. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I always wanted to like have a certain lifestyle. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so I went to to college and then I was going to continue my college in the West Coast. And I went to junior college in the West Coast, got a job, a part-time job, much like Shoshana, that turned into a full-time job. And I was a year away from getting my undergrad. And I, and I got a full-time job offer. 
And I was doing both, juggling both. That's and so then funny. I decided, That's Shoshana. <laughs> it's literally Shoshana. And it was in an advertising marketing firm. Mm -hmm. And I loved it so much that I was like, I'm learning way more here. Why am I finishing my commerce degree so I can get a commerce job, which I already have? Yeah. So, yeah. That's wild. That's so funny that you guys are in the same place. Yes. And um, I guess going to school on the West Coast, was it a big adjustment? Um, yeah, just coming from Montreal. It was amazing. Mm. I don't know why anybody ever lives on the East Coast of this continent. Yeah. Because the West is the best. And it's so true. Yeah, I agree. I'm from New Jersey, and I, I totally agree. It's, right? it's a completely So New Jersey shape. is a similar East Coast vibe, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's so, very East Coast, very yeah. East Coast. And so it's like a doggy dog world over there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so you move over here to the West Coast. We're so nice. That's how it was in Vancouver. I was like, what? I spent all these years in the East Coast where I could have been here? Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah, so <laughs> you, you got the job in um, advertising. What was that like? Was that your first job where you were... Um, like it was your first job from college or did you have jobs growing up? It was my first creative job. So I've always mm. had jobs. Like I worked at delis. I worked as a hostess in a club. I worked, you know, just any, you know, job to make. I sold t-shirts on the boardwalk in Wildwood over summers. <laughs> really? In yes. Wildwood? Uh -huh. I used to go there all the time. That's so funny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's what, that was when I first learned that I could sell because mm. I was like, wow, this, I could do this. Um, yeah, so I did every job and then I landed this job at a mail order slash telemarketing slash marketing company. And the, my first job I got was on the phones selling or reselling season's tickets to people that um, were Canucks fans, hockey fans. Mm. So that was pretty easy because people, you know, liked their hockey team and they wanted to buy season's tickets again. Mm. Um But then I quickly moved up from there, like within months, to list buying. So that was a thing before you guys and social media. You would buy lists from list brokers that would have reels of names, of targeted names. So let's say you wanted to sell scrunchies. You would buy a list of people that have previously purchased hair products. Mm. And so they're targeted lists. So then I, my job would be to figure out the responses from the orders that we get of how many people off of each list bought. And then we would know to reorder that list or not to reorder that list or what it's uh, worth. Got it. Yeah. Got like it. a cost per click, mm -hmm. but it was a cost per whatever. Wow. So you had to manually go through and we did and enter through. it into spreadsheets into Excel spreadsheets. That's why I love Excel. Like, uh, I love Excel too. It's amazing. Yeah. That's very cool. So it sounds like you had a good experience there because you very good. ended up keeping it. So did you end up like graduating from college or did you decide to, to drop out? So I only graduated from college recently. Okay. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. Because I, you know, wanted to do it. But yeah, I never felt like it was a thing to do. Mm -hmm. It was just a path for some people. Mm -hmm. And definitely is not was not the path to success, I don't think. Because a lot of people that I knew did not have a college degree. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a lot of my mentors and people that I looked up to couldn't really sit through the process. I think that college is a route to... Uh, mediocre success and conformist success is not the only path. Mm. Yeah, that's pretty deep. That's interesting. That uh, so yeah. So you decide to stay with the telemarketing agency. How long did you spend there? And then what was the next step after that? I think I worked there for like three years. It was really good. Like 
they let me do a lot of things. We had, you know, much like your experience. So we had a boss who was very into like enlightenment and growth and, you know, he'd read all the books and we all read all the business books, Think and Grow Rich, all that stuff. And um, we'd have weekly brainstorming meetings that were not mandatory, but if you came, it was really a good way in to like, you know, more um, creative pursuits. So I would go to those and I was, you know, the most junior member that would attend those because they were really early in the morning and I'm not a morning person, but so I started doing those and then I started doing trade shows with them and that was amazing because it was something different and then you learned about the whole experience of what's happening outside of your immediate company mm-hmm. you know in the whole business world and then I got to travel for work and that was like epic like oh my god I get to be 20 something get my hotels my food my air travel you know everything paid for like so it was great yeah so that's that company and then I got an offer from a competitor that offered to double my salary if I leave. So I gave my current boss, I told him, well, I can't say no to that. Can you match it? And he said, I couldn't match it. So I left on amicable terms and went to the competitor. That's awesome. Which was also another like advertising firm. Yeah, it was like advertising mail order. So we we did print ads. So I started, you know, like in the old days before the whole computer thing we would like literally lay out images that we bought from photographers so stock images were actually physical stock images oh that's and so we funny. would do photo shoots with models mm-hmm. and get the pictures that we needed like you know we one of the things we sold was like uh, good luck charms or whatever mm-hmm. so we would have to like you know get a photographer to photograph the charms it wasn't like you know oh you snap it with your iphone yeah put it into an app and it spits out an ad that's so so cool so so were you uh getting into like creative direction as well as part of the yes the photo shoots and stuff for sure oh that's so cool and so um i guess during this process are you still maintaining your your like passion for art are you still like creating always like yeah art was always something that i wanted to do and uh so you know my artistic expression would be through ads so and you know I'm getting ahead of myself, but the third company I worked for, I did a lot more with ads and that, that gives you a lot of creativity. You start looking at the market and deciding, you know, what colors go where, how Mm -hmm. to place things. And, but creativity is everywhere. You could apply to anything you do. So, so you just, but like, uh, instead of maybe like traditionally like going home and like painting, you were just putting that energy into your job. Exactly. Okay, yeah. cool. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, so then I guess it sounds like you had a positive experience at this other company. I did. Um, and then, yeah, so how long were you there and, and like kind of what were the learnings that you took from that onto the next one? Well, I, I really believe that you bring the positive experience mm-hmm. with you, that you don't get it. Because mm. I have friends that worked with me at the same companies that mm-hmm. didn't have the same experience. And that's what I tell Shoshana too. Like the first company I worked for, you know, where I ju- was just starting out, like they would ask me, you know, can you get the coffee? Can you get this? And I had friends that were like, I'm not getting coffee. I'm in the marketing department. I'd be like, hell yeah, I'm getting coffee. Like, oh, you're, part of my day is going to be to walk out in the sunshine, go to a coffee shop. Absolutely. It's like all your attitude, right? Mm. Yeah. So. Did you grow up always having this attitude or did you develop it over time? I think I always had a positive attitude. And I think because my dad it was a good role model there because he's always happy no matter what life throws at him. He like always, you know, takes it with a, 
yeah, smile on his face. That's awesome. Yeah, that's not easy to do, especially, I guess, if you're... Oh, work consumes most of your life, so people don't really realize, like, how much the importance of, like, bringing energy to work is, because... Totally. Yeah, it's, like, all-encompassing, especially if you're working long hours, which, I don't know, were you working, like, pretty long hours at the agency? I was working long hours, and actually, the first job, I did not have a supervisor I liked, so it could have been an awful experience, because he was really, like, negative. I mean, the kind of supervisor that would be, like... I don't think that outfits work appropriate, <laughs> right? And I'd have to just yeah. take it like on the chin saying, well, just because you're an anachronism and this doesn't suit your vibe, mm-hmm. you know, but I was, you know, I didn't say that. You just mm-hmm. compartmentalize it, put it away, right? Yeah, definitely. That's yeah. cool. So um, now, now you said you moved on to like another agency after this. So yeah. So after that, um, I, I'm sure there was a few steps in between. I don't remember <laughs> that I'm not remembering, but then I landed a job in a really big um, internet-based advertising, marketing, um, 800, 900 number company. Okay. That was a U.S. company that was opening a branch in Vancouver. Mm. And that's a job that I found an ad in the paper for. Oh, yeah. So the, the other work that I did, okay, here's, that's how, how it happened. They got uh, one of those uh, consultants to come in to, like, you know, cut gravy from the company to basically like make everything really compact Mm, and mm -hmm. um the boss wasn't you know working anymore he was going through a divorce and i was close to the boss and his wife to trim trim the gravy whatever you call it trim the bacon trim the fat trim the fat yeah whatever the expression was then the company was no longer fun because they had a management consulting rather than an energetic vibe and so you know we parted ways a lot of people left you know got fired or quit or you know whatever and uh, so I found this company, the third one, called Cyber Voice online, and they were opening a Vancouver facility. So it just seemed perfect for my experience. And you know, I met with the um, owner of the company, and I started their Vancouver branch, and it was great. Was, That's I learned awesome. a lot. Yeah. And uh, I guess at this point, you're pretty like well into your career and mm-hmm. making your way in like the advertising space. Yeah. Um, I guess what for you, like career wise, were you always like looking for, I guess, like new positions, new opportunities, I guess, for people who might just be entering their first job? What are what are you things that they should keep in mind, I guess, when entering a new role or a new company? Well, I, I see myself as a jack of all trades mm. and I'm very comfortable in that. I think that I could do a lot of things pretty well. I am not an expert in probably anything. Um, so advertising works well for that and I, I like I like change and growth and I love technology because it takes the world in new directions mm-hmm. like this it's my first time doing this so yeah yeah, yeah super cool um, you know you go to the third one and you, I know you mentioned it something about it being cyber so is it, at this point is like the internet starting to become more prevalent yes. computers are like you know more in use and mm-hmm. and what was I guess what, what were things at that point like where was everything at that point in terms so, of technology um in terms there's people still weren't buying things from the internet so i actually remember the first time that somebody at work was like oh let's put a url to sell instead of an 800 number and people were like oh, that's never gonna work no <laughs> one's gonna go to a website to buy yeah imagine remembering so what, that what did you guys like use so websites for it then? was like we had psychic lines we had chat lines so the original mm-hmm. chat lines so the original like you know dating sites or whatever 
were paper use. Mm. So you would go, you'd get them from the phone company. So that was one of my jobs is to get the numbers from the phone company and set up a deal with the phone company where, you know, people would call a line to talk to a psychic, for example, mm -hmm. right? Instead of going online to pay or getting an app to pay for your horoscope, mm -hmm. they would call to speak to a physical psychic. It would be $5 a minute. Okay. And then the phone company would take a cut. They would give us a cut. So stuff like that. We would just be really creative. You know, a lot of chat lines, dating lines, whatever, you know? Wow, this is so interesting. So so everything was like being like through audio primarily then? Everything was being through audio and then it was slowly moving towards video. Okay, yeah. cool. So so it sounds like people are at this point like still on the internet but not very like trusting of it. So how did that integrate with, with the work you were doing? You guys weren't doing ads online yet? No, we, all the ads were like in print. Everything was in print. Um And then towards the end of my tenure with that company, it start, you know, we started exploring the web, but really it wasn't, you know, a vehicle to make money yet. Mm -hmm. And how long? Only did when I moved here. Okay. Yeah. And how long uh, did you spend there in like Vancouver until you decided to, to move on to the next venture? Um, a, lot, a long time. So that job was maybe six years, seven years. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It was a really fun job. And also was involved a lot of travel because I... Um, I headed the Melbourne, Australia office, and I also the Italian office. So I got to travel to all these places, which was really cool. That's amazing. And that's super cool. And see what the cool. market's like. Yeah, and go to trade shows. It was really fun. Yeah, that sounds really cool. So um, so then at this point, you're. it sounds like you're a pretty big boss in the advertising yeah, space. Yeah, when I left, I was a vice president of <laughs> okay. advertising. So whatever that means, you know, yeah. I could have I made my own title. <laughs> That's really cool. Uh, so then, you know, it sounds like you, you've really made a name for yourself in the advertising world. What what do you do from here? Like, what is the next step? Do you start your own advertising agency? Like, so what, that what was the next do? step, actually, is mm. like I started my own advertising um, advertising consulting for the paper call. That's what we used to call the 800-900 mm -hmm. um, market. And then uh, my boss sued me. The last boss sued me for non-compete, uh. which he couldn't find. So nobody had it because I wasn't really competing because he was like this multimillionaire. Yeah. I am just starting out a little company. <laughs> Sounds like a free, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, so we settled that accord. And then I got clients in LA, which made me move to LA. And that's when I stopped working full-time. So I just worked part-time. Um, started working for a toner company, doing advertising. Then um, a really exciting company in Santa Monica called CU Online was a startup, much like yours. And I worked for them for um, options and and pay, and they ended up getting bought out, which was great. Mm. So that's how we bought our place in the Caribbean. Mm. Um, yeah, so just did a bunch of gigs and then started my clothing line. Oh, yay, the clothing so the, line. So, the, so now I was like, I already had built up a bit of a momentum where I could do things that were more creative and more not for money. That's awesome. Yeah. So, so I guess the rest of the stuff was for profit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. So um, I guess going back to I mean, not not that the money is the most important thing, but it seems like um, what, what do you think was in, like pivotal in, in the success of the, the things that you did work on? Right. Because there's like a lot of startups, but not a lot of people are like they get bought out. So I guess when you're looking for opportunities, like what do you look for in terms of uh, tying yourself to a project or something like that? 
Yeah, it's hard to say, you know, you basically have to just gauge the vibe that you get. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I trust my gut a lot. And I think that you have to trust your gut. And also, you know, it's a combination of being logical and, um, and just trusting a little bit, you know, trusting in the universe for lack of a better word, you know, it's a cliche, but it is true. Mm -hmm. Because your gut will tell you a lot of things if you trust it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, if it tells you to run, you should probably run. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, it, it sounds like at that point you're at a comfortable place, and then you said you started the line. I'm guessing the line wasn't was it something that you were doing like for a business purpose or so more? So Shoshana like was young, mm. and I was living the Valley Mom life. What does the, that mean? And the Valley Mom <laughs> life is dropping Shoshana off. She's like now two, dropping her two and a half, dropping her off at farm school. Okay, because that was a thing. So like the coolest preschool in the valley was, I had a different name. We all called it farm school because there was a farm there with goats and chickens and rabbits and for two and a half hours. So she would go there. I met a lot of my mom friends there. So we would drop the kids off, listen if they're crying. If they're crying, we would stay outside till they stop. Then we would go to the gym and then go for breakfast. So it was like literally a valley mom life. And I was really enjoying that. I was probably the fittest in my life because I would actually go work out for an hour a day, every day. Um, and then I realized, oh, this athleisure stuff is really a thing, but most of it is kind of boring. So then I went and started sketch. I've always drawn and sketched a little bit. So you're saying, am I an illustrator? I'm not an illustrator, but I have creative ideas and I could sketch them out. Um, so I can draw, but there's some fabulous illustrators and I can't put myself in that category. Um, so I sketched out some design ideas, like some of the stuff that's up there. And it, my vibe has always been, so that heart that with the love is a doodle that I've drawn since I was a kid. I would sketch it in my thing. So, and I feel like even though I was born after the whole hippie generation, the peace, love, you know, love one another has always been a theme that I embrace in my life and my art. So I came out with a whole line like that and uh, I made a few designs and I went downtown and I'll never forget like the guy that did, that put my designs in the computer because I still didn't know how to use um, the software, which I do now, um, was like in a very scary part of downtown and now I do a lot of painting downtown. I'm not as scared of downtown. That was like guarded by a bunch of pit bulls. It was like a really crazy area, but he was really good. And he he did my designs for me. He put them to um, digital mode and we got them printed and I sold them small. Like, so I, I had a booth in the flea market. There was a flea market in the Valley that was really popular. So that's where I tested all my designs. And, uh, and then I sold them at gyms. So that's how it started. And people just loved them. Like it was everywhere. That's awesome. It grew from there. So, mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, that's so funny that you say athleisure was a thing because now it's like back in trend. It is. Yeah. And now it's like even more in trend. There's so many athleisure brands and the yeah. way they market themselves, I'm sure, is probably similar to how you were marketing your brand. Because even you showed me like some of the photo shoots yeah. that you had taken. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. So what was that like? It sounds like you were able, were you bringing your like advertising skill set to the clothing line and if so like how, how did you like ex like kind of execute all the pieces of what you had learned okay well for sure um yeah you use your 
uh, knowledge of advertising and marketing and everything you do in life. So I mm-hmm. really don't regret any of that time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like to keep things trim, so I wouldn't spend a lot of money on advertising. So I would give freebies to people I knew or people that knew people. So I had a girlfriend who used to work at a daycare where a lot of celebrities took their kids. So I had her give out gift baskets to them. And one of the things that happened is Brooke Burke on Dancing with the... What what was she on? Was it Dancing with the Stars? I don't know. One of the shows, I think it was Dancing with the Stars. Mm -hmm. She wore one of my peace tank tops and it was like just a plain red tank top with a peace sign. It wasn't even blinged out like these. And I sold out of those like immediately. That's awesome. So, and you know, we used that footage in advertising and a lot of word of mouth and yeah just yeah it sounds like influencer you're doing like influencer Influ- yeah, marketing. yeah pre-influencer marketing yeah. exactly yeah very cool so i you said you sold out though so at that point where did you have this online where people starting to at this point people, people are buying, buying stuff online? online yeah okay so another girlfriend that i'm still very good friends with she was like one of the first people i knew that could do shopping cart because you couldn't just like go to it again an app and have a website with a shopping cart somebody had to write the code. So she, I mean, God bless her heart. Like, yeah, Cammy. She wrote the code and for all the items and the SKUs that I had and made me a shopping cart. So I actually had a website before a lot of people had websites. That's, that's awesome. Yeah, wow. that was really cool. And I don't remember if we sold in Facebook or what, but yeah, and we sold the trade shows. Like I told you, we did the magic show. Um, I sold the gems. Courtney Kardashian was one of my neighbors because she was dating um, Terrell Jackson, who's my neighbor now. And so she bought a bunch of my kids' lines and to put at their Dash store in Calabasas. So that didn't hurt at all. <laughs> That's awesome. And at that, at that point, they already had their show, right? Because their show was in... Uh, the, yeah, their yeah. show was starting. Their show was, yeah, starting. Yeah, that's wild. Shoshana tells me some crazy stuff. How you, she, cra- it's you really guys just crazy. Seen, so. She said that... <laughs> she told me that you and... Um, uh, Courtney get in car or has forgotten like in oh, yeah, car Courtney crashes. Hit my, must, my red Mustang, and she's like, "Oh my god, I'm so sorry." But she was so really funny. sweet. Yeah, to fix it, it was all good. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, it's just a, it's just a, a trip. How much I'm sure you've seen the valley change from this like place where it was more like I'm guessing suburban and moms and stuff, and now all these like rappers and. Hollywood elites moved to Calabasas. It's true. Yeah, yeah. It has to be such a culture shift. But um, I guess going back to the clothing line, you the said... The culture was always there, though, because the mm-hmm. film industry was always big in Calabasas, mm. even though it's, like, known for porn. Like, it's the porn capital of the world. Mm-hmm. Not Calabasas. Chatsworth was in the Valley. Mm-hmm. So you definitely felt that, and you knew a lot of people that were in porn, mm-hmm. you know, growing up. But what people don't know is that the porn people were actually the first people to experiment with the internet. They developed a lot of what we use today, a lot of the programs and, you know, how we do business today. So that was all always in the Valley. And oh, wow. That's yeah. so interesting. It's just the Valley. becoming more legit, quote unquote. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Um, so yeah, in terms of your line, I guess, what was the, the inspiration? So you, you mentioned love, peace, but I, I guess, um, you know, so there's it, a it lot of skulls edgy. too. Yeah, because I like skulls. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like peace, love, and rock and roll. You know that like flows through my veins and it flows through all my projects. 
um, because that's what moves me. I've always liked, you know, good music, you know, rock and roll for lack of a better term, because that's the music I grew up with. And, uh, you know, the whole, the peace movement, the feminist movement, just movements, you know, people trying to make their world a little bit better, Mm -hmm. you know? That's so cool. And um, so being one of the first, I I guess, early in e-commerce, and then obviously it sounds like you got, you did some good influencer marketing really ahead of, ahead of your time yeah. with this collection. That's funny. Um, Didn't how, think of it that way. Yeah. How long did you uh, spend on this project and, and what, what did it turn into in the end? Well, it turned into, it was a really good project and one of my, you know, it became like, it also like everything changes. You got to go with the flow. You can't, and I find a lot of people like, you know, resist change, which is what kills a lot of industry. Um, so I was finding that a lot of my clients were spas in Japan, some of my best customers, and they would buy a, a whole collection. I also, I don't know if you know Diane Swimwear, they were big here too. Um, they bought a collection and they started like, when I would show them the new styles, they would go, what's the story? So they wanted the story behind the brand, not just the brand and the pieces needed to all connect. Um, so it was a really good time and I left on a high note because it the Forever 21s and all the cheap undersellers were coming to market and actually new people in that industry and all of a sudden you could buy crappy, I mean you can't really compare it because this stuff, literally like I used American Apparel and other really good pieces, so it would last forever. Like. You know, friends it that still own it good right now. still own it, right? Mm-hmm. So I only used really good materials. So like Forever Twenty One, you might wear something twice and then throw it away. But you know, people were going for the lower cost stuff, and it just got to a place where I didn't want to compete in that market anymore. Um, it was a good ride. It was fun while it lasted, and then I started onto different things. You know, I, I invested in some real estate. Didn't need to work full time, or you know, and did my real art, my fine art pursuits. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. So it sounds like that's almost like at the point of the story where we're at today. Um, yeah, Shoshana mentioned you do real estate. So I guess we can definitely touch on that. What is uh, What was your perspective on real estate? Because real estate, my dad grew up doing real estate. So I think of real estate as, I don't know, not something that's super like artistic. So what kind of drew you to, to begin investing in real estate? So every, I like to look at, people whose lives I like and see how they got to where they got to. So every person whose journey was interesting to me and one that I'd want to experience maybe had owned real estate. And so I was like, okay, well that's the thing. So I'm always going to have to like go in that direction. And in fact, like one of the things that I'm the saddest about is that I ever had to sell real estate. I mean, to sell my houses because if I could afford to own all the houses I ever bought like in Vancouver, it would have been a great investment, but I couldn't at the time because I had to sell one to buy one. Um, but when I was able to hold on to more than one property, we don't have that many properties, but we have five. And that's still enough because like I always um, say like if the shit hits the fan, um, I'm always going to be okay because I have rental incomes or I could sell a property. And so it's just copying, you know, Mm -hmm. successful people or people that you see as a success whatever you define that to be for yourself and did you have people like that yeah so there all the people so all the bosses that I worked for all my mentors everyone no matter what business they did 
they had investment properties. So it was like, ding, ding, ding. That's a thing you got to do, right? Yeah. So that's the common thread. That's right. That's uh yeah, it's true. I mean, um, I think yeah, even for myself, I'm I'm in the process of buying my first property. Congratulations! Thank you. That's huge. <laughs> my parents are nice enough to you know help me out on this pursuit because they're obviously like experienced it in it, um, and it's something that's amazing. That I've been thank you. Yeah, I'm I'm excited about it, but it's also something that's like very adult, mm-hmm. and so it's like not very sexy to like fill out like mortgage applications and all this stuff, but the more I think about it or when I do realize it, I'm like, Oh shoot. Like I, I should get started on it because it's something that is like undeniably valuable. Like it'll only increase in value over time. It will. And especially in, in California, you can't mess up. Oh, in California. Yeah. I can't afford to buy in California yet, but in New Jersey, it's a little more affordable. That's but great. Oh, California- so that's what you're thinking of New Jersey? Oh yeah. Cause of my parents, um, they have properties in New Jersey. So my mom's going to oh, like see? manage the unit for me. I have a nice little okay. setup. So yeah, I'm excited, but. So that's where I'm going after this is to show, show one of the properties that just came available that we have in, um, Canoga park. Okay, so, cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. So real estate sounds like, uh, obviously a great way to go, I guess, for people who have enough money saved up. And then in terms of, um, what you do outside of real estate, what does that entail now? So now I'm doing my passion projects. I love art. I love creating. I love changing a space. Like for example, this space, right? It's so bland. It really needs, it calls for art, right? And I work with a lot of nonprofits, which is so nice. So I love to like um, balance out my profit work and my nonprofit work. So for example, today I'm picking up work from a gallery that sells some of my art. So that's for profit. But um, in September, I'm doing a school in um, North Hills and I'm gonna be painting a mural with the kids there. And that's a nonprofit, you know, nonprofit work. And I, you know, do work on Skid Row and downtown LA and just getting people involved. And some people have never held a paintbrush. Some people, uh, we take it for granted. Some kids have never held a paintbrush. So it's really nice to connect with community. And um, yeah, so it's not, it's not always about creating great art, just about creating meaningful work, whatever that is, Mm -hmm. and meaningful connections. Yeah, it's amazing. Even, um, you know, Iris was nice enough to let me use her art studio and even just spray painting. I was like, wow, this is so fun. Like so I've I ha- taught a lot of people to spray paint that yeah. have never spray painted. It's life changing, right? It's so fun. I was like, I was hooked. I was like, this is because I like to do things uh, with my hands. And so usually they're like physical activities, like exercise. And so to think that you can still apply those like same movements to something that's like artistic, I was just like, wow, this is so cool. Now I understand why people do it. But I know you've done some really, really exciting works that that are like big and seen across all of LA. What is it like when, you know, you're painting a mural? Like that's a really, that's like, I, I can't even imagine like at scale what that even takes. So what's like the process of painting you know, yeah, a it's kind of wall. daunting when you look at the wall and you're like, oh crap. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's just like painting a little painting, but on grander scale. And it's nice to have people involved. So when I do something, when I undertake something that's really large, I let all my friends know, all my artist friends, non-artist friends, you know, come out, you know, lend a hand. So you come up with the design, and however you put the, there's various ways of putting your design onto a big space. 
uh, if possible, projecting it works well, but sometimes that's not possible with like a, you know, the last wall that was big was the 160 foot wall on the 101 at Melrose. Mm -hmm. And that one, in order to project, we'd have to go across the 101 freeway. Um, and we were painting at the foot of a homeless encampment. That one presented so many challenges. Uh, we, you know, we had to get like, um, a ladder couldn't be put up against the wall. We had to build scaffolding or get scaffolding. And all these projects are done on a very tight budget because it's working with nonprofits. And just everyone comes together, you have a design and then you're free to like stray from it if you have to. You have to be flexible. And, you know, dozens of people helped on that one. So. Is there a lot of like um, measuring that goes into this? Like, is it is it like very mathematical in Depends. terms of scale? So one, the one we did on, um, we did one in Los Feliz at the Albertsons. So that one we gridded out because it was at a commercial space. So there is a lot of measuring and the community at Los Feliz is very particular and they would, you know, not like it if it wasn't to scale. And we painted the, Gri the Griffith Observatory on it too. So sub-projects, yes. My favorite projects are the ones that are free flow. And that's why I like a lot of organic shapes and abstractions. Because, you know, measuring is great, but in life we measure so much. So it's nice to be able to just express creatively and see what you get at the end. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, the one off the 101... We measured a little bit, but it ended up being kind of very organic and turned out great. That's awesome. Yeah, I saw it on your Instagram. Yeah, you eyeball it a lot too, so. That, I can't imagine eyeballing something that, that that's large, but that's amazing. Yeah, I, just yeah. practice. Yeah, and what was the first mural you did? Um, that's a really good, oh, okay, so the first mural I did was at Sam Jam Venice in 2017, I think. And I was working for free with a muralist that I liked just to learn what he was doing, John Leo. And so I painted with him a little bit and then I got hooked on the, on the can because before then I just did art classes and did galleries and sculpture, painting. And then the first time you paint big, you get addicted to it. It's amazing. Yeah, I mean, I can't imagine painting something like that and seeing it yeah like across like that's a highway cool. or something yeah that's super cool and then the first one i painted myself myself was at one of my teachers um said oh hope gardens which is a women and children's shelter um needs somebody to paint a mural for them so i was like okay so everybody people submitted applications they chose our application and um they wanted, we went back and forth on what to do. We ended up doing like a butterfly transformation theme. And so that was the first one like that I creatively headed myself. It turned out great. And, you know, we painted with the members and the children and it's still there today. And PPG paint donated paint. So that yeah, was great. That's cool. That's super cool. And, um, you know, I know you mentioned it a few times in this podcast, the importance of your mentors and having people to look up to. Mm -hmm. How has that influenced, uh, yeah, your life so far? And, and what do you feel like? Do you feel like it's important for young people to have mentors? For sure. Absolutely. And, you know, you mentioned my space and back of my house. So my neighbors across the street who are also your age um, are creatives. They're in the music industry. And one of them is starting a party planning business. So I spent a lot of time with her in my studio creating signs and banners for parties. Mm -hmm. And 
yeah, so what you know, mentorship or helping others, you know, sharing your information, sharing your knowledge and learning from other people is I think vital. That's important. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think it's really important, especially because there's so much like life experience to have. So, and the only real way you learn if things work or not is through like uh, either experiencing yourself or asking someone who's like done the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. But Iris, I know you've done a lot of cool work. I love looking at it on Instagram. Where can people find you online if they want to connect with you? So on Instagram, I'm at Iris Peretz Art, and I also have a website, irisperetz.com. Or just get me through Tiffany. Yeah, and she has a photo we'll be account. Connected forever, right? Yeah, okay. she has a photo at Graffiti on Photo I Two. Do. It's true at Graffiti. <laughs> go download the photo app and make sure to go follow at Graffiti. Thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. Oh no problem. Thank you.